Hello, this is episode 132 of the Naked Tech Podcast. My name is Jeff Kim. And my name is Kelvin Lee. And it's all so different. <laughs> also, we are kind of back. Yeah, we're back. Uh, also, the name of the podcast, although technically we changed last time, which we haven't released the episode of yet, and it won't make sense because you might have heard it by the time you hear this. <laughs> anyway, lots of lots of changes. Uh, yes. we, we're going a little bit experimental for this one, possibly the last show of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the basics are still the same. Um, we're going to talk about tech, all the stuff that we love. We're going to use clips from all these different YouTube channels, news programs, podcasts that we all love. And mm-hmm. that, that is what the program is. We want to give you sort of everything you need to know this time in 30 minutes or less. Challenge accepted. Ooh, that's a big challenge. It's a big challenge. That's usually our intro. Um, so, so it's going to be a big one um, or a shorter one uh, for 132, uh, where we're going to be talking about all the stuff that we loved in 2019. Well, some of us loved. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, get onto that a bit later. But uh, yeah. what was your first first thing that you want to talk about 2019? First thing 2019. Mm. Uh, I think Apple obviously had a very big year. Apple. Um, and, and I'm taking a bit of a, a different sort of look at things. The phones didn't really impress me that much. Mm. Uh, my wife did pick up an iPhone 11. Uh, that is, you know, it's, it's a good phone, but did it mm. really break any sort of new ground? No. Uh, I think that's because Apple decided to spend a lot of its focus on the services side. Mm. Uh, and, and I think, you know, Apple Arcade uh, definitely needs a mention here. So um, let's play the good game clip on Apple Arcade. Apple's gaming subscription service Arcade has officially launched, giving iPhone users access to a large library of curated mobile games for a relatively small subscription fee. It's a promising step away from the current mess of microtransactions that is the App Store, and with monthly additions to the library plus the latest iOS update finally adding proper third-party controller support, Xbox One S and PlayStation DualShock 4. Arcade has once again got me looking at my powerful pocket device for its gaming potential, instead of just the brainwashed social device that controls my life and occasionally orders me Uber Eats. Was, was that Tim Cook there in the middle? Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> him announcing the uh, controller support. Now, first, shout out to Goose uh, from Good Game. I believe this is his last week Aww. on Good Game. Yeah. Goose. So, Where's the he last to? The, IGN or something? Oh, probably, you know. Uh, um, mm. The last of the good guys, um, I don't know where Good Game is going. I think it's really disappointing that they keep cutting their budget. Um, it's probably the video game show here in Australia. So. Rest in peace. Good mm. game. Um, so back to Apple Arcade. Um, mm. The reason why I picked Apple Arcade was quite simple. I've been traveling a lot, hence why the show has been on hiatus. And trying to find a game on my Android device that doesn't have microtransactions or silly sort of leveling up that you have to pay for is close to impossible. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, Apple Arcade is going in that right direction a lot of good games one i really want to talk about because it reminds me of xcom from when i was growing up mm. um so I, I think i think i think google needs a response here i think you know i'm sure you've been seeing the same sort of review of stadia and, and how it's not actually doing so well mm-hmm. uh, because of, of lag and everything yeah. um and Just you, a quick you question probably, uh, yeah. before you before you go on there kelvin uh, are you playing these games on your iPad or your iPhone? Well, you don't have an iPhone. I, that's the thing. So, oh, yeah. uh, iPad at the moment. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it's not something I take around. You know, it's not in my pocket. I'm not one of those guys with the iPod pants, uh, iPad pants. Um, so it is, it is, it is different. Um, but you know, I also travel my MacBook a lot, so that is, you know, part of the part of the appeal. I think it's on your Apple TV or your mm-hmm. your Mac or you know your iPad. Yep. Um, and, and you're st- and you have Apple Arcade as well, don't you? I do. I am subscribed. I believe. <laughs> um, I haven't probably been into it as much as you have lately. I think I was really uh, into some of the games on the iPad, especially in the first. I want to say a month after the announcement and the and the launch. Um, should we just touch on some of the the games that we've been playing? Yeah. So the one I want to really want to talk about that I have a clip for is called Spaceland. Ooh, Spaceland by Goose. Successfully downsizing the strategy and tactics of a turn-based squad combat game, Spaceland is essentially XCOM in your pocket. Minimalizing the action to only a small squad, you navigate disused little space-based dioramas with an easy-to-follow grid system and a pleasant rounded art style. But with limited ammunition and evolving enemy types, the game does quickly step up the challenge, requiring good use of cover and upgradable abilities in order to get your pint-sized little tiny space marines out of there alive. Yeah, um, I'll be very honest here because I am so time poor. I haven't really ventured out and tried a lot of the games there. But mm-hmm. um, overall, like the library is huge. So yeah, it's, it's getting bigger kill. by the week. Yeah, so every month apparently they add new stuff. Mm. Um, the graphics are okay. It's not going to challenge the next generation of consoles or PC gaming. But that's not what that's not what it's designed for, right? People mm. who travel a lot, people who are on the go a lot. Um, or people who, who aren't serious gamers. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I think the main appeal is. And I think your point about these games not being, uh, not having microtransactions and things like that, I think that developers can really concentrate on some of that artfulness. Uh, so yeah, some of them have, uh, like do, do have beautiful graphics. Just trying to think of some of the examples, but uh, there are others where like they're quite lo-fi as well and they're quite playable still. I think uh, I want to give a little shout out to a game called Mini Motorways. It's a strategy game. Have you played this? I've seen it. I've seen the video actually. I love it. It's it's very like the music is uh, it, uh is quite good too and and soothing. But basically, it's a strategy game. You have a bunch of cars. You have to build roads. You've got houses, and uh, these cars need to get to work. And it's how you sort of connect the roads and build a city around uh, L.A. or Tokyo or something like that. Um, but yeah, if you uh, do have a a moment to check it out because um, I feel like it's one of these addictive things that I could play for hours and hours on a, on a weekend, probably sleepy weekend day. Yep. Ah, uh, I wish I could sleep in. <laughs> um, on to the next thing. I think I'm gonna pull this all together. Uh, and the other surprise at the Apple announcement was signing in with Apple. Uh, heads up, this is a bit of a longer clip from WSJ, um, but it sort of gives you a good idea in terms of why this is such a, a good thing uh, with what with what Apple has come up with. Okay, just uh, if it's dragging on a bit, just uh, let me know when it stops. <laughs> Except the average smartphone user has more than 80 apps on their phone, according to market researcher App Annie. And so we got single sign-on. Instead of creating an account and a unique password for every account you have, Google and Facebook and others allow you to use their account. And now there's another way in. Hey, I'm I'm signing with Apple. I want to get you in there. It's like a party. No one's talking to me. It's pretty great. Well, all I got to do is I'm going to protect your identity. I just need your email. I'm not even going to share it. Scary world. Oh, 
God. So scary. Please hold me. Okay, sure. Apple provides better privacy and security than the others. But what's happening behind the scenes is actually pretty complicated. Let's start with how other single sign-on systems work. Take this app I made up called Sneezly. You decide the quickest way in the door is to use your Facebook info. Just give me a couple minutes. I gotta go back here, make sure you are who you say you are. You know, these stupid bots, they're everywhere. <laughs> oh, the world is on fire. Okay. If you aren't already logged in on that device, Facebook verifies you by asking your Facebook password and username. It doesn't share your password with Sneezly, but instead a token confirming you've signed in with Facebook. At a minimum, Facebook asks to share your profile photo and name with the app maker. Sometimes apps can ask for more info, like your email and gender and location and photos or likes and more. You can control what you share during the setup process, though beware all are turned on by default. The info shared with the app can be used to target ads to you on Facebook. Google system works similarly to Facebook's. It shares your email address, name, and profile photo with the app. Google says it does not log what apps you use for advertising purposes. Apple system has similar underlying technology with some new tricks. Hey, Apple again. Still new here, looking for friends. Please use me. But I'm gentle, or be gentle, oh boy. First, there's an option to hide your email address from the app maker. Apple has your real email address, but it makes up an anonymized email that it gives to the app maker. Then it forwards info from the app to your real email. So why does Apple do this? Well, your email address is one of the easiest ways to track you across the internet. The less you give it out, the less the companies can track you and accumulate information about you. The big security bonus from Apple? It checks to see who you are before letting you in. So if someone got your Apple ID and password, they would still need your face scan or fingerprint or password to get in. Oh, that's it. I, I, I regret that clip so much. From, <laughs> Why is from that? The fact that because, it, okay, I should have set this up from the very beginning. A WSJ, I think they dumbed it out a bit too much because I've listened to it so many times. Yeah. And I thought it was a good way to explain how Facebook and Google do it. And the way they explained it was these people that were behind doors. And mm. every time you enter a door, there was this nerd wearing, yes. like, you know, Facebook. Or, I've seen or this video, Apple. actually. Yeah. Okay, and uh, and I, th I was thinking, yeah, you, you probably need some visuals for this, maybe. <laughs> you know what? If you can uh, just, uh, just play the last 10 seconds of the clip. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> So I, I think, you know, uh, we all, I think anyone who works in digital or online or e-commerce or anything, collecting user information uh, is, is, is a privilege and you don't want to sort of abuse that in any way. And I think this solves the problem, not just from a, from a consumer perspective, from a business perspective as well. I think there's a bit more trust that the user will have with you if you use something that will guarantee you won't get spammed. That's right. Um, has it actually rolled out yet? I've seen it in a few places, hmm. uh, in, in like you know big publications and things like that, but but not widely. Hmm. Um, but only in the U.S., I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know it'll take some time, but you know I, I think it's baby steps, and I think uh, Google and hmm. Facebook will have to up their game too. If you want me to continue using your credentials to log into different websites um, hmm. without becoming some sort of data point for advertising, uh, yeah, there's and, huge appeal there. And we we, we did touch on this uh, when like for the episode that we talked about the announcement for, from Apple. Um, and I think the, 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 the part that we like about this is, is the promise of it. Cause like, um, I try not to sign in with Google or Facebook anymore. Like definitely not Facebook anymore. Um, 
unless it's something very you know trivial like maybe like a i don't know competition that they're, they're, they're probably the dangerous ones to be honest yeah um but yeah for anything legit i mean I, i'm one password everything like i might when it is available a bit more widely i might think about using i guess sign in with apple or are they going to call it apple id no sign in with apple yeah it's called sign in with apple yeah all right next yeah. one what have we got I feel like that's a good PSA. Um, please use password managers like uh, LastPass or OnePassword. Um, they all have free tiers, so please do that and mm -hmm. um, save yourself. Um, the second one may sound a bit boring, but bear with me. Um, NKBHD recently went out to all his YouTube friends, uh, inverted commas, and, and sort of asked them what you know was their sort of tech announcement or tech thing of, of 2019. Um, and I kind of stuck with what Linus said here, so uh, play that clip. Ryzen third gen series of CPUs. They're great for gaming, which I love, of course, but the real reason I chose them is that they're ideal for anyone who wants to do more than just gaming with their PC, like creating YouTube videos. With the Ryzen 3600, we built a 4K capable video editing workstation for under a thousand bucks. That just wasn't feasible even a few short years ago. Also, Honorable mention to LG's OLED TVs with G-Sync variable refresh rate support. Okay, little sponsorship yes. plug there. <laughs> <What? laughs> Definitely. Um, so back to Ryzen. Um, like Intel has had the CPU market for, for years now, right? Before 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why that's important to any sort of, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry on the road is without competition in the market intel took its time with things so your computer wasn't getting very much faster there was very little technology there were scandals that we spoke about uh, that had very cool names to them um but there was no there was no competition right so intel had nothing to be worried about until amd came back with the ryzen series now when you buy a laptop or a new desktop uh in 2020 um don't be afraid of amd um i think there's there's still that stigma that everyone's still looking for the intel inside chip uh mm -hmm. sticker um, you don't have to anymore. Um, they're priced really well. They work a lot better than Intel. They're thermal. They're third, like you know, they cool down a lot quicker. Um, they're easier to upgrade, and the list just goes on and on. Uh, mm -hmm. There's competition again in the CPU market, and the CPU market is important because it powers everything. Um, so I'm glad for the competition. Although it's something so basic, it does sit in the heart of of any piece of technology really um, mm -hmm. concerning computers. Sure, and uh, I guess uh, maybe a precursor to a future episode, but perhaps are you predicting like a uh, change in the market, say in 2020? Easy. It's, Easy, okay. It's All already right. happening. In the latest, um, Intel, if you go you know, online on YouTube and type in Intel marketing, mm. Intel is doing a lot of dodgy things at the moment to market their Intel chips. They're actually not improving anything. They're just renaming things, et cetera, et cetera. So Intel struggling at the moment. They can't match what AMD has done, but... You know, to change the architecture of your entire CPU takes years. Mm -hmm. So there usually is this, you know, uh, Intel and then AMD and then AMD and then Intel. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens in 2020. But I think at the moment, it's for AMD to shine. Okay. Next one. Um, the last one, sort of my sort of uh, uh, tech, my favorite tech announcement for 2019 is all about screens. Um, and, you know, Dave Lee is going to explain why high refresh rates uh, are such a good thing. Important feature about these phones is definitely the 90 hertz screen. For a lot of people, this will be the first time they've seen 
a high refresh screen on a smartphone. So a lot of phones have had them, the OnePlus 7 Pro, the 7T, and a few other gaming phones, but this will be the first time we've seen a 90 hertz screen or just a high refresh screen available at just your local carrier store. To be able to walk in and to be able to see a demonstration of what 90 hertz looks like, and I think that that feature alone is going to be able to differentiate this phone just visually from all the other phones that are at a lot of carrier stores. The rest of the kind of aesthetics and... So, can you guess what phone he's talking about that's going to be available in every store and that already has um, a 90 hertz screen? I'm sorry, but you got, you got it on the label, he's... <laughs> Damn it. Uh, so, so it was the Pixel 4. Uh, the reason why I did that way is because, I guess, do people care? Um, about refresh rates. Um, I want you to pick up your phone, everybody, and look at your screen. Do you know the resolution? Do you know the refresh rate? I mean, the fact that you spend easily hours staring at your screen and it actually affects the way you know your eyesight is you know degrading and things like that. Uh, I think you should put more effort into sort of you know understanding mm -hmm. you know how well built your screen is and and uh, a lot of you own high-end phones so it's not really an issue but mm -hmm. a higher refresh rate means it just can you know everything seems a lot faster there there's no ghosting there is no um you know jaggedy lines um and it's just better um mm -hmm. high refresh rates are already on tvs and gaming screens and everything on your computer etc and now they're coming to your phones and i'm super excited to see this technology go into the iPhone 11s or the iPhone 12 or whatever they're going to call it, and then it'll sort. I think it'll slowly seep into, you know, uh, the masses, and um, yeah, it's going to be better for everyone. So the Pixel 4, I have not seen one in the wild yet. I'm sure I will eventually. Um, like, have have you seen one? With the, no, because with it's a horrible buy. Um, ah, yeah. Uh, just looking at Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can get a Samsung Note 10 for $899, mm -hmm. which Australian. is the latest Android Australian, yeah. uh, which is insane. Would you spend another couple of hundred dollars on the Pixel 4? No way. Mm. Just no way. There's nothing There's nothing enough on that phone um, to want to make you do that, um, especially when, you know, One UI 2 it's coming uh, with Android 10 for most Samsung devices uh, mm -hmm. and, and it looks amazing. Like Samsung has really picked up its game in terms of pricing and trying to get as much market share as possible. Like Google's going to struggle. Mm -hmm. um, and the fact that, you know, most people are going to be getting Android 10 for their Samsung Galaxy S8, 9 or 10 so quickly is a big change. So expecting a lot of the flagships to go 90 megahertz, megahertz, hertz. Yeah, 90, 90. Um, 120. Um, yeah. I, th I, th I think... You know the next the next Apple iPhones prediction time will at least Ooh. be ninety. Uh, what are That's they now? Sixty. 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 Okay. Yeah. So they tend to go up in thirties for some reason. Yeah. Um, there must it, be it, some same, sort of science behind that. Correct. Same like resolutions, right? Why they're all fixed at two K, four K, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's kind of the same thing. I couldn't explain it, so don't make me, please. <laughs> but again, yeah, I think this is going to be an exciting twenty twenty. Uh, I think we're an episode too early talking about the future, perhaps. But uh, yeah, exciting. I, I think I might actually uh, run into the shops uh, one of these. Well, I've got, I've got a break coming up, so um, I'll have plenty of time to be doing a lot of these things. Um, folding phones? Yeah, I think that's my last thing for 2019 that I'm super excited uh, about. Um, a bit of a disaster to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, Dave Lee is going to go through some of the things in terms of why he's excited about folding screens for 2020. 
more folding phones, but this time, instead of these first generation ones, we're seeing these other implementations. So first we have that Razer foldable phone that's gonna be officially available for purchase at the end of January. But way more interesting to me is the idea of that Samsung clamshell foldable. So they showed the technology a couple months ago, but they're supposed to be releasing their version of a clamshell foldable phone at MWC in February. And the reason why I'm more interested in that phone than say something like the traditional Galaxy Fold is that I've played with the big fold, like the big boy, $2,000 Galaxy Fold, and it's a really cool device in your hand to look at and to play with, but just functionally as a phone that you would actually use as a regular person to like fit in your pocket, that thing is huge. I don't feel like the usability is a good fit for me. I just prefer a smaller phone that unfolds into a larger screened device instead of a large phone that unfolds into an even larger device. But also, that Samsung clamshell is supposed to be coming out at around an $800, $900 price point, which is way more affordable than the $2,000 big boy Galaxy Fold. And if you think about like just adoption, that sounds like it'll move the needle for adoption of foldable phones. Yeah. So when I saw the Razer, like, cause I had a Razer uh, in the early 2000s. I love that phone, right? It was sleek. It was, you know, mm. portable. Um, and the other thing that people don't think about is if your screen's hidden and you drop your phone, your screen doesn't crack as much. So mm, um, Samsung's going to have their clamshell model come up. Um, and, you know, I don't think Apple will do it for the next two or three years. Um, they'll probably wait and see. Mm. Um, but, yeah, all the big all the big manufacturers are coming out with uh, foldable phones. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, I definitely feel like this is a period of change coming up. Uh, form factors you know, got 5G coming, apparently. Uh, perhaps not in Australia very soon, but yeah, um, exciting times. I think just uh, touching on Apple there, uh, I think it has been revealed. I think it was one of my predictions for this year, uh, which was um, some announcement was going to be made from Apple about glasses. That's not going to happen. I think uh, Ming-Chi Kuo has, has said 2022 at the earliest now um i mean 2020 is a missed opportunity it's a great year to to be launching glasses right <laughs> just think of the marketing i know 2020 ah oh, man yeah. um yeah so look there's going to be at least two more years of like phones folding and exploding not exploding hopefully yeah um there were a couple of uh, honorable mentions that almost made it onto my list uh, i mean that obviously being the tesla cyber truck thing um I, I just I just don't know about that car. Uh, mm -hmm. It's so polarizing that I, I can't. I actually don't know if it will take off uh, and, and sell a whole bunch. Um, yeah, well, never mind taking off. I don't, I don't think it'll come to market. Yeah, I think that's a good point as well. Hence why yeah. I dropped out of my list. Um, I think to to really I think end off the show and to make it a bit more real. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question, Jeff. Yes. Of all the things that you bought tech wise in twenty nineteen, mm. what was your favorite item? Uh okay, well I'm just trying to think of the things that I have bought. Uh I think I bought the MacBook Pro this year. Is that right? MacBook Air. No, it's a pro. Oh, is it an air? No, it's a pro. That's an air. What? You bought a MacBook Air, didn't you? It could be just the MacBook actually. Yeah. Not the pro. All right. <laughs> so um, you were confused about that. Oh yeah. Apple branding out the window. Uh forget about it. Um no I'm gonna say the iPhone eleven pro. Just there's there's the pro. 
yeah. some may say that they don't deserve the name pro but i think uh look i think i i was thinking about this when you mentioned the um what did you mention before something apple before but apple arcade uh, apple arcade but yeah like in terms of the phones yes the phone is underwhelming but i feel like this model is actually like people think of it as a camera more than a mm-hmm. phone does that make sense like it, it's actually yeah. more camera than phone um yeah. i mean like you should you should check out my twitter i don't know if you have means to do that right now actually um i just uh, uh earlier this evening i posted a photo um of something i shot at a concert last night and i i'm i'm just still um checking my head in terms of how good the quality is um you know no flash um it's all sort of you know backlit lighting like i don't know if you've ever been to a concert and try to take photos like you get you know the red blurry things right faces but this is incredible um check it out because like you wouldn't believe that it's from the phone um i mean mind you i had like good position like right at the front but um even had the night night shift happening so you got that sort of two second shutter speed but it i think it uses the you know whatever ai they use to uh make sure the the face is clear um you could you could see that like his hand like playing the or strumming the guitar is blurry because you know there's movement but it didn't do that with the face Unless he was like singing very still, <laughs> which yeah. is unlikely. Um, but yeah, it was incredible. Um, so yeah, that's probably my my big comment about 2019. Like, um, I didn't think a camera, sorry, a phone camera could 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 be this good. Yeah, and it's going to get better. Uh, rumors are the Samsung Galaxy S11 has a 108 megapixel sensor, so mm. and six cameras or something. So mm. we'll wait and see. Now, nah, for me, um, something really simple. I bought a simple battery pack that has Quick Charge 3 on it, um, and you know, for me to just be on the go and just charge my phone up in less than half an hour, mm. I think Quick Charge is the way to go. The iPhone's got it now. Uh, I think you know all, yeah. all these are 45 watts or whatever it is and above, and um, yeah, it's it's, good. it's just crazy how fast you can charge your phone now. So that's been a real game changer for me, especially when I yeah. depend on my phone for work and run around with kids and everything. You never get a chance to really even charge your phone overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it became a change, game changer. I think changer. Uh, the 11 Pro also comes with the uh, the Pro versions anyway. Come comes with the, uh, the the bigger power pack, power wattage. Um, so that does charge it uh, a, a way quicker. Um, I've sort of gotten into a rhythm where like if I'm in the office... I have a Qi charging mouse pad. Mm. So like, you know, there's there's no problem there. Um, maybe I've forgotten to charge the phone overnight um, and I need to charge it quickly. I'll probably use the, uh, what is it? Is it the 15 watt, 15 watt power pack? I think pack, it's I think? 18 now 18? or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so May uh, wouldn't have the, have, have the bigger power, power pack. No, it's, she doesn't. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think I think for her, she charges overnight anyway. It's become sort of like a routine. Um, mm. so, so that's always good. But the battery life on the 11 has been great for her. Um, so no problem there. Um, yeah. And that is, I think, more than half an hour. But we'll get there. We'll get better at it. That is episode 132 of the Naked Tech Podcast. Almost got that wrong. Um, if you want to listen to any of the episodes from, uh, our, our, you know, from 2019, 2018, and uh, before, please go to the website. That's nakedtechpodcast.com. You can just search for us on any of the social platforms, and uh, we'll see you in 2020. Kelva, Jeff out. I did well, even with the change <laughs> of website. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh sweet, Jesus. Imagine I if I tried to do that. <laughs> 
Yeah, only because I spent like two weeks trying to fix that stupid bit of it. Oh yeah. What was the problem again? Oh, I, I, when I, when, when, when the host said I could migrate, it, was, it looked too easy. And then when we did it, uh, like there was a whole bunch of URLs that were referring, calling the, um, uh, the lazy.com rather than okay. that podcast, which I'm going to check right now because I'm freaking out. <laughs> no, I, I checked earlier. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. So yeah, I think, I think when we go to 2020, I'm going to do something crazy like implement HTTPS. Like that. Whoa. Do you have to pay for that? No, it's free. No, ah. so many like HTTPS is basically free. Okay. Cool. That feels weird being so short. Just, it does, doesn't it? But I think it's more sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, especially when we got to a stage now where you're not editing much, uh, and you can just get it yeah. out so much faster. Yes. Yes. All right. Okay. So. We, we've we've gotten rid of a lot of the ums and uhs, and we kind of know how to react. Well, I just need to set up my clips a lot better, and I think we will get better. Uh, I mean, like, um, I, I probably ummed and ahed all over the places now. I wasn't really thinking yeah. about it actually. Like, it's weird. Like when you think about it, you get better at it.